episode 31. Priest Holmes. <laughs> Reggie Miller. Um, Carrie Price. Mike Piazza. Greg Maddox. Somebody said Reggie Miller already? Yes. Um, Shane Battier. Duke Great. Nice. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Do you, do you know what's happening? No. Okay. Not so, first of all, before, don't try to buy time. Explain not, after. Okay, well, fine. Keep going. It's on you. Oh, it's on you, guy. Uh, huh? Cam Chancellor. Jason Terry. Brandon Merriweather. Nice. Jamal Lewis. Andre Johnson's punching bag, Cortland Finnegan. Nice. Oh, it's on me? Mm hmm. Oh, uh, 31, 31, 31, 31. Said Priest Holmes already. Five, four, three, two. I'm out. I'm out. Antonio Cromartie. Uh, 81 NBA Finals MVP, Cedric Maxwell. I'm done. <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> you, you done? You throwing a towel in? He pulling dates in 81. I mean, it was, That's he it. was good. Black man in hockey, Grant Fuhrer. Whatever, man. My streak is solid. Whatever, man. I, like you, we're going to beat you at some list. point. I felt like we had him just then. That's I the definitely thought we I thought we were going to get him this week. I don't know why. All right, so we got a guest in the house. Shop, shop. <laughs> Two guests this week. Uh, one is in house. One we'll get into later as we continue our college football preview series. Uh. In the house with us, St. Pete legend. I mean, if you know anything about basketball in St. Pete, you know this guy. I, I call him my little bro. I, I remember hooping in the in the dirt in his backyard with the uh, the rim that leaned forward because y'all y'all would have grabbed the rim on it. Government name, Kenny Smith Jr. You might know him as Speedy. What's good, man? What's good, man? Appreciate you boys bringing me on finally. You gotta speak up, man. Listen, right, I know right. you, you. We in the sweat hotel. I understand you. You on the purple couch, purple couch vibes. Um, Why man, call you Speedy. Oh man, to crank it up. Um, I was uh born in the middle of the hallway in Bayfront, like instead of my mom making it to the labor room, middle of the hallway. Okay. So fast delivery. Grandma gave me the nickname Speedy. Nice. Now, does that correlate to the courts? How's your game? Like, are you? Yeah. It correlates to the court, but not on not in the football field. Got gotcha, you, know. gotcha. So I'm quick on the court, but you know, football wise, I was a little slow. Now, <laughs> now, do you know that you have a Wikipedia? Uh, I mean, I know, but I mean, I am never check it. You don't really go on no, there, no, okay? I never get on it. Because they actually they tell the story of how you got the nickname Speedy, which oh, for, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I, I I seen that once. I had an interview about it, but oh, I ain't never okay. I ain't never like doing it in the Wikipedia. I just seen it online. Oh, okay, okay. So you must know like who actually made your Wikipedia page? No, I don't even. I don't know none of that. That's actually pretty dope. That's actually super fun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like you get to that level, people just make pages about you <laughs> that aren't like in your in your team. That's You're fantastic. On level. Yeah, I want to get there mm -hmm. one day. It's actually so. I didn't know you had one. Um, <laughs> try like preparing for the show. I'm like, okay, I know him, so I don't really need to do any research. But I'm like, you know, let me just like, just in case, right? And I'm like. My man has a Wikipedia. Like, <laughs> nice. we really out here. Yeah, 
That's crazy, though. That is, <laughs> man. That is so ep- episode 31. So what we were doing at the top of the show is we start every show by naming uh, players who wore the number 31, right? And whoever can name the most guys, we go around. Whoever can name the most guys who wore the number 31 wins. Unfortunately, he hasn't he's, lost yet. He hasn't lost yet. He's like mm-hmm. a, I'm the kingmaker. Whatever. No, you just who who starts it oh. off though? It's Unk, normally me. Unk tries to get one in real quick. So as soon as he knows that we're recording, he blurts out hey, his first one. I'm gonna be having a lot, so I gotta get mine's in. All right. I can tell you who always finishes. All right. Moving on. All right, before we get too deep into it, right? So we already mentioned we got a guest in the house, we got Speedy. As always, I go by Breeze. The man to my left is Punk. Yes, sir. The man to my right is Ankshay. And this is the Somebody Said Podcast, where we're talking everything sports. And I'm going to continue to say everything sports because we talk everything sports. Now, this week, we're only going to get into two different things along with a gripe. Uh, but like I say, normally, we're talking everything sports. So next week, we'll get more into We'll get back into some of the nibblies and stuff of that nature. As always, we are brought to you by our two phenomenal sponsors. We are brought to you by the Red Lady Round Punch, the official beverage of the Somebody Said Podcast. I see Unk. I got a little bit of Red Lady flowing over there right now. Sure. Okay, and uh, we are also brought to you by the law office of Clinton Paris, where they take the pain out of being hurt. Areas of practice include personal injuries, slip and falls, dog bites, state planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney, general civil litigation, business general counsel representation. Again, it's summertime, so you need a good beverage. Uh, And then it's also dog bite season. Right. Especially if you live in Florida and you out here hanging out in neighborhoods, it's dog bite season. So. So either way, you're going to, you should be using one of our sponsors, right? Or it's raining, you go into a grocery store, you slip and fall. My neck, my back, my neck, and my back. <laughs> Call the law officer, Clint Paris. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If it's Okay. Now that we've got the, the business stuff taken care of, uh, we've been looking forward to get Speedy here on this show because uh, he's going to bring a perspective that none of us can bring. And it's something that a lot of us, especially here in the Tampa Bay area, because we've had multiple athletes come out of the St. Pete, the Tampa Bay area, you know somebody playing pro ball, or you know somebody who knows somebody playing pro ball. And we like to think we know what it's like by talking to those people or by what we think we see or kind of how it goes, but it's a completely different experience when you actually live it. And we're hoping to kind of get some of that firsthand experience. And it also kind of just works out. The Olympics are starting right now, so we're gonna be talking about international basketball anyway. Uh, the USA has not done great out of the gate. Terrible. Kind of. And so we'll get an opportunity to talk about talent on the world stage by somebody who has played basketball in you know, several countries and seen what the talent level is like. So let's start it out with that first one, though, little bro. Like, everybody thinks when somebody's playing pro ball, you know, outside the country, everything is just love. Playing ball, making good money enjoying yourself, seeing the world. It's just it's just great all the time. Like, what is it really like being from the States and being in Europe or being outside the country and playing professional basketball? First of all, the money ain't that great to begin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Especially when you first started. Is it like levels to the money? Is, this, is it you got your top tier guys that make the big bucks and then it's just a – is is definitely definitely levels. I mean, like if you even get some guys who play top division one, might go get a job for like you know, 30, 40. Especially right now in COVID. Oh, it's terrible. Huh. So it's like COVID, the market's is terrible. Like 
I was telling you this the other day, like I still haven't got what I deserve yet. Yes. Yeah. This, this is overseas where I'm I'm a lot better than a lot of guys. And the COVID took a took a hard turn and it messed up the fan bases for a lot of countries. And yeah. So don't if somebody say they playing overseas, <laughs> don't always believe what they say, man. Gotcha. They ain't making it back like you think. Okay. Because that's what everybody thinks. I mean, we're just used to you you play pro anything in the States and everybody automatically assumes bad. Like he's getting, but you, but especially with COVID, I mean, I think that has happened in the country and outside it's, it's had a big impact. Yeah, for sure. And and like it's levels to overseas. Like, like you said, you, you don't start out, like I played in five countries in two years. So I had to start at that level to get to where I am now. I mean, I did come out starting out at a good rate, mm. but I built my resume through the G league and college and, but once I got overseas and the team seen me, I was able to, you know, gradually go up some steps, steps, steps. Okay. But uh, playing overseas, man, it's, it's rough. It's, really? It's, it's really rough. Yeah, man. You go in 10 months. You rarely can get somebody in the in the country to see you. COVID is really taking a hack at that. Um, you practicing a couple times a day. And it really depends on the coach you have, too. Some can be experienced. Some can be not, not as experienced. Your teammates, you don't know how they're going to be, how, how their vibes are. It's just completely different, the communication back from home. Like, say, I was in France this past year, and I'm plus six hours. Man. Okay. So so I had to schedule my days to talk to my family. Like, I knew, like, by 12 o'clock at night, either my dad called me or I'm calling him. Okay. I knew I can talk to my sister all day because due to COVID, she's working at from home all day. So it's like you got to schedule your days a lot, lot different than you kind of used to. But I mean, shoot, I've been back. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no greater feeling though, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sketch of nothing. Now, like being home. Oh, uh, yeah. Man. Now, is it like days where you're like, why am I overseas? Why am I doing this? So, is it days where you want to just quit and come back home? Or have you fully adjusted to it and it's like, this is what it is for now? No, because I, um, this was my hardest year ever from basketball to life to. Everything that was in in my gut, this was my hardest year ever, um, because uh, the team had really promised me that I was going home twice, because I really been on go since for for two years straight. I mean, shoot, I went to Hungary, from Hungary I went to Belgium, then Belgium, COVID happened, came home for a month, then I went to Israel for two months, came home for like three weeks, then I went to back to Belgium, but in different country, I mean different city, then from Belgium I went to France, so that's all in the that's all in two in two years, you know what I'm saying? That's like, it's really on go, you know? So it was going to come apart where I was like, I need a break. Right. And I, you know, I asked and I begged the team to give me a break and they never gave me a break. They never, and they had, they could have, you know what I'm saying? So it, it kind of put me in a situation where like, dude, is it really worth playing this game that I that love if people are not going to treat me the way they, they want me to play? Right. Because they, if you want me to play great, treat me great. Hold up your end. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. doing what I got to do on the court. Exactly. Exactly. Be a man of your work. Exactly. And you know how it goes. At the end of the day, they know the situation could have been better, so they apologize. And you're just looking like, okay, I appreciate it. But, you know. You still got to show me, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it actually, actually, honestly, it's too late. Like, I dig it. Especially when I went through this past year. Like, um, I was telling, oh, this the other day when I was talking in the driveway. Like, it was when I came to uh, France, I already had a flight book from Belgium to go home. They knew that. They said, okay, we're going to honor your flight, let you go home. And we had a 10-day break. I couldn't go home because of maybe, I, maybe I'll get COVID, maybe I won't. But I'm like, 
I'm just going to see my family. I don't need to be in the streets. I don't need to do anything. Like, of course I was going to be in the streets, but, <laughs> but at the same time, give me that freedom. You know, right, like right. I'm going home. I need to, I need to take a deep breath at home. And then they said, no, but the messed up part about it was they let one of my other teammates go home because uh. of, he has a family. Uh. So you're telling me if I had three kids, if I had a wife, I can go home. Right. Nah, you still don't need that mental break. Right. So I'm like, well, I, I got a mom. I got a sister. I got a brother. I got nieces and nephews. You know, I have other. You got a family. Yeah. I have, I have <laughs> things I have to take yeah. care of too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just not about like, I'm not married. You yeah. know, and that's what I took that for. Like, oh, because I'm not married. I can't go home. And that was the first time. The second break came where there was another time for me to go home. This time, I'm literally like pleading like, hey, listen, it's, it's on my verge. I don't even know if I'm to play. I need to go home. It's that bad. And it's like, oh, we're going to try. We're going to try. We had a meeting. And it was like, nah, the first time. We're going to see. We're going to talk to the president. Then they called me. It was like, hey, we've, we're going we're to have another meeting. So at that point, like, shoot, we're going to have another meeting? I'm juiced. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home. It's going to be good. Like, mm. I didn't set it all up for when I get home. Like, <laughs> telling people you're coming home. Hey, pick me up at the airport. <laughs> have that juice in the car for me, man. Like, listen, bro, I need it. And then my second interview was like, oh, we're sorry, we still can't do it. And I was like, well, why would you meet with me? What's the point of even meeting with me? You could have literally texted me that. You could have did anything in that. And after that, I, I never had that much respect for the team. Because mm. again, they let someone else go home. Right. And then there was the third time where I overheard a conversation of them asking what my, uh, asking my teammate where he wanted his wife picked up from. Wow. So it sounds like they just doing bad, bad business. Yeah. It's, it's yeah like, like it was no respect to me. And I'm the point guard of the team. I'm really the head of the snake. So if anything, I control the whole game flow. I control everything. If my mental is not good, yeah. nobody's going to be what they want to be. Yeah, the team don't right. flow. Right. And that, that's what it ended up being. Like, we had three, four games left, and I was good. But, like, I'm a great player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you don't kind of hinder to me a little bit, it's not going to work. And mm. once I seen him talking about the flight situation and his wife, his girl coming to town, man, I just lost it mentally. Like, we had two games left and needed to win. I played good, but it wasn't like, you know, like I ain't put my stamp on a game that I usually would do. It wasn't what you could have done. Yeah, because mentally I was just messed up. Yeah. And, and like, it just triggered back to, like, I just signed in Russia. Nobody from that team hit me up. Mm. Like, nobody said congratulations. I mean, the players, I got, like, like one, one or two players hit me up. Okay. But, like, the staff didn't really hit me up. Like, nobody said congrats. So it was just like, okay, like, don't hope I don't ever see y'all again because it's yeah. not. Like, I, now I got to act like where I'm from. You know, like, it, <laughs> it just brings it out of you. Some, out. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't. And I got to act like where I'm from. And and I never try to show that side. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really try to be humble, cool. Like, kind of kind of shy talking to people because I don't want to be judged. But, you know, it, it comes to a point now. It's in, it's in you. Yeah, facts. <laughs> yeah, it really so, is. So you kind of got into like the deeper, like the deep, deeper part of it. And I was going to ask like, you know, like when you, you kind of shout out, yeah, I was in Belgium, I was in France, I was in Israel. Like on the surface, that sounds dope to somebody like me. Like and that's a lot of travel. That's places I want to be. But how like tough is that to go to, you know, country after country? That's not even like city after city. That's different countries, passports. I don't know how, how that stuff might might operate. But how tough is that? Especially like you're going to different places where cultures might be different, languages might be different. Like, did those barriers kind of mess with you too? Um, No, no, that, that never not, don't mess with me that much because wherever you go, the fan base is going to love you. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to be the man yeah. as soon as you got the flight, no matter what. Like, I mean, I'm, 
I guess I meant more so like when you're interacting like with your coaches or teammates or even like your fans, right? Like you got people in Israel that are shouting your name, but then how do you interact with them off the court if they want to interact with you? Like the, the, those kind of barriers kind of hinder it from being fun. Like you go to Lakewood Bogey game, you, you hear trash talk, you can actually vibe with that. How is it to have somebody screaming at you in Hebrew? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty dope, you know? It's pretty dope. Uh, it makes you feel good about yourself for sure, though, having those conversations. But for me, they all, I try to keep them small because uh, you judge a lot, you know, by anything you say. You, you kind of really, really judge. Like, hey, how you doing? Thank you for your support. And I, and I always ask people, like, do you want to take a picture? You know, like I try okay. to keep it, you know, like short, but in, in respects. Because at the same time, that's my free time. Right. That's the only free time I get if I'm, long, if I'm, you know, out, out and about. You know, so I try to, you know, there's not many times that you get to actually take a breath overseas because, you know, you're practicing twice a day. If you're on a good team, you're playing twice a week. So it's like anytime I get is like relax or, you know, like a woosa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty tough. But, man, the, the place that I love playing the most is probably Belgium, though. Yeah. Oh, Why is that? I got to uh, I got to experience a cup championship. Okay, felt like I was at like like a, like a bogey figure. Lakewood game, but times ten. Yeah. Oh, like we nice. was like say we like in a Emily Arena. Yeah. But packed out, you can hear them like come when you coming out. Like it was like it's like you can YouTube tube this feeling, chills. Like it was and my parents was there too. My parents, and my sister was coming in there too. Okay, yeah, okay. I remember when the fan went out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and I put on for my city. So, you know, I was, I was going crazy too. But we didn't win, but I stamped the game for sure though. Like I it was it was an amazing feeling though to play in Belgium. I probably one of my favorite place to play. So we gotta talk about talent, all right. And I kind of mentioned this on the outset. Like it's right now you look at Team USA and obviously they're getting a lot of flack. They drop two exhibition games. They really don't count. But this narrative, and this actually came up on the show a little while ago, the narrative about international basketball has been changing over the years. You think back in the early, like, 90s, it was just the, the faraway expectation that, you know, the U.S. team was going to blow everybody out. And over the years, that's really changing. And you start looking at some of these international teams, you're seeing guys who play in the league. What is the talent level looking like when you go to a place like Israel? Obviously, there's other American guys probably playing there, too. What is like the the talent level in those countries looking like of people who aren't American? But let me get let me get let me tap onto the the USA basketball first. Okay, tap so, on, tap away. So what, so what people don't understand <laughs> we're is we're all going for tryouts. By the way, too, just FYI. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's it's, yeah. it's open. It's <laughs> off hey, the run. I'm open in the corner all day. <laughs> Listen, this this 15 files compared <laughs> combined. Right. So we good. I'm using my right. files up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what people don't understand is first first thing first. There's no defense in three seconds overseas. There's no, oh. there's no touchy fouls. You're not getting a touchy foul. And even though the three-point line is shorter, there it is still is it's not the same. Like, you know what I'm saying? The ball is different. Even the like the you can go 10 overseas. And like I seen a video of Damian Lillard was driving baseline. You're not getting no calls. They don't care who you are, you're not getting no calls. It's a real physical game. Mm. Like we can't even run a two-three zone and, you know, be in a, be good. The pace is pace is so much different. Like you get you get people like really really overseas and you look at their stats, they might average like ten points a game. Mm. It's a very very fundamental game. It's like very very basic game. You get like if somebody got like a say somebody got a forty six invert mm. and he can get to the rim and, and dunk, he might make the NBA. But you have a forty six vert dunk and you can dunk. You're not gonna play in Euro League or any of that if you can't if your IQ is low. 
You know, you tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. Like I played with, I don't want to say his name, but I played with a really, really great player who was in the NBA. And he had the worst IQ I've ever seen in my life. Is like, he currently still in the NBA? No, no, he's overseas. Oh. But like IQ was just like, what? like, <laughs> for real. <laughs> and he's, when I say like, he can be a, a, a roster guy for an NBA. And I told him that like, you know, like, bro, you should be in the NBA. Like, no doubt about it. Just off athleticism. Off athleticism. But then it's like, you know how the Spurs is, right? You know how they're like, swing, 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 swing. Mm-hmm. Heck no. Like, swing, hesitate. Oh, now I should swing it. Like, no. You just couldn't pick up those <laughs> yeah, step yeah. nuances of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And like, when you, when you get on your, on your team, you're like, oh my God, we're going to be so good. And then it's like, it kind of like messed up the rhythm. And he's really, really good, though. It's like, it's, it's like it's, it's ridiculous how how talented he is though. Like mm-hmm. when I say talented, I mean like when he when you think of him, you can think of like Giannis. Okay, like really really talented, like like that. But then you like dang peanut up there though, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him, but God. So overseas, that don't athleticism don't just cut it. Like you no. can't just because you're an uber athlete that don't cut it. All right, like I played against Nor- Norris Cole this year, right? Oh, now, okay. Now you would expect Norris Cole to. Get about 17 a game, something like that. Should. Right. And he was averaging like 10. He mm. was surrounded by talent. Mm. Like, you know, when you play on good teams, over, it's not the same. Like, you can be in the NBA, you can be surrounded by talent. Like, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, they all going to get 20. Overseas, no, 10. Somebody might get 11. Somebody might get 15. The big man going to get 15. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't be with a scoring point guard. Now you're really going to be like over there chilling. <laughs> so it, you know it's different, man. It's, it's, it's really it's a lot. Style different. of play is just different. Right. So how would you have? How did you have to adjust your game coming from high school or coming from college? Now you're in international ball. Did you have to adjust to their game, or how did you go about playing? Well, my rookie when I went to Vefriga, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to play overseas, and that's when it like hit me like it's different. You know, like in college, I can get eleven assists and everybody's juiced. You know, mm-hmm. I was diamond it. We we good. I got 11 assists one game. GM was like, we got 11 assists, but that ain't cutting it. You know, like, huh. no, this ain't. We brought you here for do both. I just like, the head coach told me he wanted me to assist. Just the head coach. GM like, no, it's my team. Like, mm-mm. So when I came back to the G League, I got my skill together. I became like lethal. Like, I was, you know, I should have been called up plenty of times. Like. The politics. We had, we had them conversations. The politics is, is really, really crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't bust some people's butt that's like in the league. Like, for real, for real. Like, and then sometimes it's like, like, okay, say I'm playing against a, a great score or something. I can lock in defensively. Like, I didn't held some people down to like six points and it's like, oh, but he gonna get a he got a two year, nine million dollar deal next year. Mm. It's like, what? How? Yeah, like how sway. So what, what, what were you not doing to Make the next level. Oh, man, my scoring, I got my three-point up. I got everything that you could possibly even think of. So it's just straight politics. Just straight politics. But, I mean, if I would have never got to that point of where I was, like, good and able to score, because in the G League, I just, like, I was able to learn how to score. And I learned how to score. Because in college, I was surrounded by scores. I just did my, I was a role player. You know what I'm saying? I did my, what I had to do. Yeah, you know, shooters, you had dunkers. Everything. I was conference player of the year. Yeah. Just doing that. I was seven and seven. Conference player of the year, defensive player of the year. Like, I was... You know, I did what I had to do. Just made it look easy. But once I started developing my scoring and my shooting, and it was simple because I always was to score. You could score. Yeah. I, I always Don't get me started. Right. I always did it. You don't know get what I'm me saying? started. But, you know, when I, when I got to the G League, I started, man, 17 points, 18 assists. 
I started leveling up. I started, you know, working my game a little different, knew how to get contact and then create a shot. I knew how to do it all. I re- and it came to like the coach I had too. Like I played with a guy like Ryan Gruber who was, who coached like CJ McCollum and all of them. And I had a trainer from Japan or South Korea, same thing. He was training me and shit like that. You can't say that. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Nah, that's disrespectful. <laughs> we got to edit that down. Don't let nah, them hear nah, that. Nah. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it. Nah, I'm, I, that's one of the clips. <laughs> it's in the vicinity. But he was able to show me how to even get you know, my mid-range together. Like, some people don't even respect the mid-range. Like, my coach this year was just like, Dan Gundy rule. No mid-range. Oh, threes and lays. Threes and lays. I'm like, man... If that ball go in, it go in. I don't give it a three. I don't care if it's where is that. A bucket is a bucket. I think me right. and you talked about that. Who who in the NBA shoots the mid range? Is it's it, very it's few. Kawhi. Who else? McCollum will pull Devin it. Booker. Katie, it's not, it's not a Devin Booker. But, but it's not, it's not appreciated NBA. anymore. Right. You think about like James Harden. He ain't pulling no mid range. Yeah, but Kyrie ISO in mid range, elbow or high wing. So you yeah. got a few of them. Not many. But like I mean, there ain't that many. Like the the mid range game is is a dying mm-hmm. sport. It's almost like big. It's like skilled big men who actually have post moves. That's almost like a dying. But it's breed. still a lot of points there, though. There's a lot of value <laughs> right. there, but the, right. but and the guys who can do it, they eat because right. the yeah. defense ain't even expecting it no more. Exactly. That's why it's, it's very rare that people even like into defense anymore. Like Rudy Gobert, can, three defensive player, you're like three times in a row. Like, Don't get me started. On Stop Rudy. it, man. Don't get Stifle me started. Tower. Man. <laughs> so so with that, do you feel like it's it's if you're in international ball long enough, do you feel like now it sounds like you have all the the skill set, you have the ability, you have the fundamentals to play in a pro pro game. But you feel if you're in international ball for too long, you really don't have a chance to come into the league. No, see the thing is though, like where I'm playing at this year, where I'm going to, if I kill, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, it, the NBA scouts and the politics, whoever those people are, mm-hmm. they respect overseas ball more than more than the G League. Like the G League is just like pickup, man. Like you go out there, every, you're gonna score 126 points. Everybody have 15. It's like they pick the guy that has like seven points and two assists that's just playing defense 94 feet. They, that's the guys they pick. Gotcha. And it's like, okay, I do that. And it's like, okay, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just it just varies, man. You really gotta know somebody. That that NBA circuit's one percent, man. Like you really gotta know somebody, mm. know somebody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like like I was playing um summer league like like two years ago with uh Detroit. And it's telling me like run to the corner. I'm like run to the corner. <laughs> yeah, no, that ain't. Hey, <laughs> run to the corner. The ball ain't even getting to me. <laughs> like we ain't doing no practice shots. I ain't getting no shots. But like before the game, like practices, we not. We just like we catering to whoever you know they have. So like, like I had a game against LA once. And I start. I try to shoot it. Sometimes I was just so broke because I had no rhythm. I'm used to running to the corner. It was it was terrible, man. It was like the worst. Like you, James Jones. I know I'm going back to G League again. <laughs> True, indeed. So now, like, we, we got to get your thoughts on what's happening right now. I mean, so finals are going on right now. Um, you, it, it, I feel like the finals are weird this year. Like, there's no finals this year, man. So this last game, hold on, I won't say that. This last game, Game Five, actually felt like a finals game. Like the rest of these finals games haven't felt like finals games. Like, you you go on Twitter, like, half the people not even talking about the game. And it's like, where are all the people watching and talking about the game? Like, like how, how have you felt about this finals? Like, and, and you can also talk about, like, the, the injuries, right? I mean, injuries happen. 
right? And sometimes you, there's nothing you can do to avoid that. But do you feel like injuries have had more of a storyline in this playoffs maybe than before, in your opinion? Am I wrong because I didn't see game five? No, you're not I'm wrong. wrong. I mean, you're, I, also, I, I, you're also taking a break from playing yeah, you professionally watch, yourself. Yeah, you watch, so you... Like, you you watch basketball all day, you like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll check the stats. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, like, you got to think about it. Like, everybody who's playing right now basically had a break last year. They had a time to recover. They had a time to get it together. Like, don't get me wrong, though. When it's your time, it's your time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happened because, it happened this way because it's their time. But, like, I think injuries played a huge part in it. Um, you know, you think Kawhi's out. AD was out. You street know, clothes? You know, we call, yeah, we call yeah, them street clothes. You know, everybody over yeah. there chilling. Bron sideline with the Lobos under him. Like, yeah, what's Bron doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. But I think, like, you know, like, injuries played a big part. I still think it's still a, a great series, though. Mm-hmm. Because it's two low-marketed teams. It's, it's really great fan base based on both sides. It's not the original we used to watching, like, KD LeBron in the finals. Yeah. You know, we all expected Brooklyn and LA to be in the finals. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be the next year because the NBA want to make their money. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, so you know, they just felt like this was a down. It's Corona year, so whoever win wins. I do feel like sometimes Amy got a little rig to it. Sometimes, really, <laughs> sometimes, bro. I don't. I don't you, I don't, you I are mean, you're a lot closer than, to yeah. Than any of us will ever get. I so just, I just expand on that. Some sometimes it just be looking a little weird. It's like, like it's it just, predetermined. Yeah, sometimes, but like, but I do, I do know that you got to go out there and play. Right. Yeah. This is like some day. of the calls be like, come on, what? Yeah, you know, like yeah. you call that. Yeah. I'm a LeBron fan, and some of the calls on him is like that one the foul. Right, he, he don't get first of all. LeBron don't get no calls. Just, he do get. Yeah, he. It's not, not enough. Not a, like when you like that strong. It's like you know, like you're not gonna get every Seem call. Normal. Yeah, yeah. It's just like oh, he touched you. Something like the Shaq thing, where like mm-hmm. you really had to hack Shaq for a whistle to get called because he, yeah, he's big, he's good. Right, right. LeBron don't make it no easier on the refs because he. Like you say, he flop, flop or he yeah, throw his head he, back and yeah, he don't get hit. So flop. that is true. He do he do do that, but like Chris Paul is the worst at it though. The flop I, and the oh, he, yeah. he get the he get it he getting the call. You know what I'm and saying? Because he's small, right? Yeah. Are right. you rooting for Chris, Chris Paul? For sure. That's kind of like overseas. I think that's kind of like the barrier I label my game. Well, make my game after it because I can pass, I can shoot, I can get to mid range, and I gotta really control the game. I try to shoot it every time I can. But <laughs> thank you know, God you, that has come around. Oh, it's, oh, it's there. I, mean, it, it, I was there. begging you to do that in high school. Oh, you I'm, know, like, I'm not uh, gonna. I'm not you gonna, know I was at a high school though. You you get to it, but you really could have got into it like a little bit more. Like I will never forget. I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm spiked out at, at St. Pete game or you know, games in the city. I'm going to a high school game. I'm spiked out. I'm on the court. I will never forget. This is it was at Bogey. I don't remember who y'all playing. You had a clear breakaway, and it's like you. Do you dunk a lot more now? Uh, no, you still don't still, dunk. Uh, I, I mean, might get a rim graze every once in a while. Every now and then. <laughs> yeah. You had a break when I'm like, little bro going to punch it. I'm like, he going to punch this one. And I feel like it was. A, it, must have been, it had to be a good bit of people there. Bro, you stopped. Like, breakaway, your trailer was somebody on your team. You stopped and gave him the ball. And I'm like, bro, go get the bucket. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you was at a game like that, it had to be against Gibbs. It had to be a maybe, uh, uh, yeah. And you and you and, and this, that's never been your. You've never been the flashy guy. You're not uh-huh. the, you know what I'm saying. But I've I've always felt like what you the way you score now, you could have always done that. It was just more so, a, yeah. It, it, for me, it's just like, do I want to shoot it every time? Because like I'm open every time I come down. Do I want to shoot it every time? 
you know, like, or do I want to pass it every once in a while? Because I know fourth quarter, nobody touching the ball but me. You know what I'm okay. saying? So I try to keep everybody in tune until they get to the fourth quarter where, like, if you open, I know you got a rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if I don't give you any game until then, then it's, it's over with. Because if I got 40, and say I get double D on the last play, and my other player got six, I know he's going to miss the last <laughs> shot. <laughs> I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> and if, if I was the slowing of that ball for anybody, it had to be for Dallas Moore. And with nobody else, it had to be for Dallas or I'm throwing a lot to DJ. I forget who. It, it was one of them. I mean, y'all, and y'all had a nice little a nice little squad then. And I mean, man, Dallas, Dallas is a walking bucket. Oh. Um, yeah, so anyway, he go. Yeah, man, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas shows up with ten. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dallas get off the bus. He got a strong eight already. <laughs> For real. Okay, true indeed, man. True indeed. That's that's what's weird around here though. Like high school basketball, it don't feel the same. It doesn't. Like, There's no guys. Like who are the guys? Like, this not year? like it used to be. But it's like you know, like you grew up in the city. You know, everybody like started middle school or AAU. Like, hey, we we watching, we checking on you. You know what I'm saying? We keeping update on you. When you get to high school, it's like, hey, we looking at you now. Like, we really here. We supporting you. You know, fan base be the same. But I don't really hear much about the city no more like that, man. I might I check in from I check in actually a lot because I know a lot of people that's college. Well, so I be like, how's he doing? What's he doing? These guys down here, they don't really stay in shape. Like, mm-hmm. like I had a guy I wanted to get an offer so bad, but he. He wasn't in shape. He put in the work. He wasn't in shape. So when I told the coach, it was like, you know, I can't take him. He's 5'10", 220. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it was, I was a fan of this dude. Big fan. Yeah. Can't do it, man. Like, social media is a, is a huge thing right now for the younger generation. They don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how they don't understand it. Because I tell them, like, you got followers. Do your followers match up to your money? Mm. Like, if, if your followers ain't, ain't double your money, Get off of it, man. Get off of it. And I try to preach it to like my nephews and stuff like that. They don't. They really. They really. They don't understand. Yeah, nah. And they get. In, they can get anything they want. You know, especially yeah. for me. Like you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying. But cut the grass. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's close it on this. Is there anybody coming up in the city or anybody in the area right now where you feel like, hey, yo, he could be nice, or maybe somebody you you've been around since you're here, you're training, maybe you run it, you bump shoulders with a couple of young cats, like, hey, he. He could do something. Is there anybody coming up that we need to be? Because we're going to be at games in the fall. We're hitting games. Well, me and me and we Uncle going to hit games. games. Pump is only committed to he two committed games, to two which games. we're not going to get into that. Is anybody coming up right now you feel like who could really do something? Um, I, first, I, I first have to touch bases on, on like Sorrell Smith. He okay. in college here at USF. Okay. Hopefully, I'll get some games down there. Okay. Try. I think he gonna be, he's a junior. Hopefully, he has a, he needs a, he, he's really talented. You know how Sorrell is. Like, he, he, he got it. I wish yeah. they. I wish USF would have made. Man, we had that conversation too. You know them dweebs up there, man. USF was supposed to make a push and really make you a priority. It was supposed did, to be so. me, Quincy, Barry Brown. You know Dallas. All of us here. You know what I'm saying? You got Anthony Lawrence. This, the talent was like in the backyard. You know yeah, USF wasn't, but I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, but yeah, Sorrell. Like man, I really hope he has a great year. Like if it's anybody that I'm really, really praying for to have a breakout year, he deserves it. I hope he. Excuse me. I hope he gets to it, man. I hope he has that that freedom. You know, because when you play in high thing. school, you have that freedom. You know what I'm saying? It's mm. different. You know what I'm saying? Mom's in the back, sister in the back. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get a bucket because you can't go <laughs> home without a bucket. You know what I'm right. saying? So, like, I really hope, you know, he's able to get back to himself with USF. He's a really great kid just in general. I just hope, it, I just hope he gets to, the, like, the basketball level to where he finally has that, dang, I've been waiting to do this my whole time. Because he was at Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maryland's up there. Big 10. Then he went to... um. Old Miss. 
Yeah, no, no, he, was he, he no, he was supposed to go to Ole Miss, but the oh, coach and okay. changed him. And gotcha. Okay, the coach they brought in was, I told him like, no, bro, you know, you know it's gonna be a little <laughs> tough to play for him. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but I just hope he he get to it at that at that level. But high school wise, man, um, I really don't feel like nobody's better than Tristan Gross. Okay, now that was, and that was the name I was looking because you, you he came up when we was chopping it up. Yeah, like I, I really, really don't feel like nobody's Wait, better. Is that than the that's the one. Guard? That's the one we called out who transferred to St. P. High. Yeah, six five at guard. Yes, sir. Six five long. Um, it's two of them. And he just getting started. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he ain't even really got in the bag yet. Like for real. Like, I seen him do some crazy stuff. And he ain't really even like he shot with it. Mm, you know okay. what I'm saying? He, like he shot with it, but he didn't got an offer from Wake Forest. He'd been on the business here and there. You know, okay. like the thing about him though, like he's. Really, really good. It's just like the background's a little different. Okay. You know, that St. Pete background's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's a different feeling. It's dog eat dog. All right. He come from that, you know. It's a little more lax. Yeah, it's a I little mean, more. I feel like if you're a hooper, though, you adjust to where you at. Don't get me wrong on the court. He that. You know, Matt, but yeah. like, I want him to be like, off know, the like, court. You know, like, walking with that confidence on the court. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know often he'll get 30 because he can do it. Like when I say like he can do it, like get a bucket, don't leave him open. He can break it down one on one. He's just like that. I think the best shooter though in the, in the county probably like Hayden. Like Hayden. Hayden, yeah, you go to Northside Christian, I believe. He played okay. at St. Pete. But, okay, you know, you gotta check him out. All right, he's really talented shooter. Okay, um, you know, like he got a JJ ready game. You know, he can run some screens and stuff like that. But like, just just shooter. Okay, for me. Okay, so Tristan and Hayden, that's who we right. that's who we gotta make sure we check, check out. And Sorrell over at USF. I'm Sorrell, a, yeah. a USF alumnus, so I I've been I've been peeping at I seen him when they announced the transfer, so I, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, man. I, I I just hope the city get back to what it is, man. Like just thinking about the city, then I know it's a little off topic, like so much killing going on in the city, like it's kinda like heartbreaking when you come back. Yeah. You can't All really right. like enjoy your moment, you know what I'm saying? It makes you like understand why, you know, like God keep me where you, where I'm at. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I come back, I see my homeboy. And then, like, the, two days later, he's shot and killed. Yeah, it's, it's like It's the city. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm overseas, and I hear about this other, this person, this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you not even want to come back sometimes. You know, like. That's tough. It's, it's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, Speedy, you home, bro. How you been? I'm good. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, like, you know, do y'all got any questions, though? Like, I definitely appreciate y'all boys bringing me on. You can ask now, because I don't know about later. All right, let's, let's talk about this. Can story. you ever go back to Arizona? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to walk around with a cooler because they, they're of the heat. But I've been to Arizona. It, it's it's crazy. I've been to Arizona. I, I was in Arizona for a hot minute, more so Nevada. It's been like a week out there in Nevada. It's it's crazy hot, man. And it's like you know how, when you're in a city, like I'm gonna let down windows for about five minutes. We're gonna dry. The air gonna go out. Bro, the heat would just bang at me so on in the car. Yeah. yeah, it's sweltering. Oh man, but it's hot in the shade. Yeah, but you know it's like that out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So you know, you hey, you you dress to impress. You know, you look different. You got it, hey man. You got to be you, you no matter where you go. Respectfully, though, at all times. <laughs> Always. So you have a question, deep, man. All right, give me my top. Give me your top five. All time. All time. Yep. Top five. All In time. Order. Bring it. Bring us. Bring us. He he has a thing with the top fives. He got a thing with the goat combo. So is, round us out with your thing. Right. Yes, you have a thing. Right. Um, round us out with your top five, my G. I always get kind of like, you know, kind of like deep thought, like LeBron or uh, MJ at one. So, so let's go no order. No order? No, no order. order. Okay. 
Can't have no top out without. I want order. We got a professional in the building. Okay, give him an order then. So we have one. Start at five and just give us some suspense. What is this, the NBA lottery? <laughs> uh, listen, let me tell y'all this for sure. All that Walt Frazier, all that uh, Kareem. I ain't, I ain't throwing him on top five. Kareem don't get no All that uh, the hooks and all that. that ain't, the Dr. J, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't throw that. It's, it's hey, your top five. Going guards, uh, guards and point guard. Okay. Right. Um, your top five. Okay, we're starting at five. Uh, I got to go with. Uh, it's easy to go from one. It's easy to start at one. I do your thing, man. Five, I would always start with. Sha- well, I can throw Shaq in there at five. Okay, Shaq has Shout to be to top five, man. the most dominant big man. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah, agreed. Okay, um, I probably go Kobe at four. Okay, Kobe at four. Um, I got to throw these two in there together because both point guards. I would go Steph and Isaiah Thomas right there together. Nice. So you're going to slash at number three. Yeah, you're going I'm, Zeke slash Steph at number three and, and AI too. Oh. Because you got to think about it, generational game. Steph changed the generation. That's Isaiah was down and back in that nineties. I can't. It could be in the top ten. Allen Iris. That was three. That was three, right? No, you didn't pick five. (laughs) That was that was actually five. You named Steph, (laughs) Zeke, AI, Shaq, and Kobe. That's already five, and you ain't got to your one and two yet. One and two is I ain't no order. You can't go order. (laughs) No order. You can't pick a goat. LeBron and MJ. I mean, you pick one. Okay, so like, growing up. You always seen like everybody wearing the Jordans, the nineties, like, you know, like Jordan jerseys or Chicago Bulls jerseys in general. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. always seen that. But you never could get the grasp on like who MJ really was because my vision as a younger, younger kid was just different. Yeah, you were born in what year? Ninety three. So like I'm born when he's winning what the third round? So in ninety eight you're yeah. you're five. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I see it. I can watch highlights, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You didn't experience it. Jordan definitely got that killer instinct, and you know that every basketball player should have mm, dreams of. All right, but Braun gonna get you there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you know, I just feel like MJ can more like finish it. So this is leaning a certain way. Uh, you're like, you're you're choosing your number one. Yeah, you just I'm won't not. say the words. Yeah, right. I'm it's not. Okay. No, I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm just. But I'm gonna buy them. Bron- I'm we, gonna we buy them jades before I ever buy them bronze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoes. Yeah. 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 yeah fair Listen, I can, I can dig it because again, like like you said, he was you were five when MJ won that last title. So yeah. really, your idea of Jordan might have really been Wizards Jordan. Right. I might have mm-hmm. seen my day with. No, Rip Hamilton. <laughs> right. I mean, he's 40 dropping 20, but still, that's still, not like the, the, the legend of Jordan. You have no, like, you have like, no. Like, if idea I had to that. pick my favorite player from, from growing up, mm-hmm. like, who's one? It was definitely Allen Iverson. Like, I definitely got to see I, yeah. all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I was buying the posters. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. was like my MJ, like, like that. But like, growing up, yeah. Braun got drafted. Like, me and Pops at the house watching the high school last high school game. You know what I'm saying? Taking off the line, cocking it back. Like, yeah. If I had to pick one that I really would want to say, it would probably have to be LeBron because that's who I seen more. That makes you know sense. What I'm saying? That's, that's right what there. I get a grasp of more. And it's like, Braun, it really piss you off. Uh, yes. He's <laughs> very frustrating to watch. <laughs> like, very it's like sometimes I want him to shoot. Like, he hold on. Like, so, let me get to so this. Frustrating. I, I had to the parlay one time. <laughs> and they was playing the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> like, but like, nobody you would even think of was on the team. And they lost. And he... Messed up my, my, my ticket. <laughs> my ticket. Like that was the last game too. Like I was like, I'd never bet LeBron again, man. Like, but hey, they like, say you shouldn't bet on your heart anyway. Your favorite, your team, or your player, you shouldn't bet on it. So that was the last time he, he touched my sheet. I swear <laughs> to God, boy. 
<laughs> All right, we got to take a quick break. We're going to play the bills real quick. On the back side, we got the second installment of our uh, college football preview series. When you've been injured, you deserve help from an attorney that knows how to handle your injury claim. This is attorney Clinton Paris from the law office of Clinton Paris. For over a decade, I worked for insurance companies, and now I use that knowledge and experience to help people that have been injured. For a free consultation, call me, Attorney Clinton Paris, at 813-413-7924. That's 813-413-7924 or at parislawoffice.com. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Offices, Riverview. The Red Lady Rum Punch is Tampa Bay's Rum Punch, a premium blend of rum with island fruit juice and natural flavor. Perfect for any occasion, including just sipping on the beach. To find it near you, visit theredladypunch.com. Shake well and please drink responsibly. So now, as we talked about at the beginning, we're going to jump into the uh, second installment of our college football preview series. Uh, We were going to preview it. We were going to tell you guys who we were going to talk about last week. I told you you guys had to wait. Uh, the wait is over, and we are going to talk about the Clemson Tigers. Boo. Wow. Oh, hey, listen, whoa, you, you can't do that, all right? Because Boo away. You starting off early. Huh? You, you can't do that because we. We got another guest. We got a guest, guys. Oh, yeah. Boo. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) Go ahead and introduce yourself, good sir. Yeah, so Joey Callahan here. Omar was so kind enough to remember that I am one of the biggest Clemson Tiger fans, and a nice one, and a good one, so I'm not going to rub it in too much to this FSU and Miami crew. Um, But I went to Clemson. From 2002 to 2007, loved it so much. Was on the five-year plan uh, without an advanced degree, but you know, when it's fun, it's fun. I was there when six to seven wins. That that's that's a great season. You know, we just tried to get to any bowl game we we could. So, living in South Carolina now, uh, been back here for like six and a half years now. So, am fully immersed in the orange, a season ticket holder. I cannot wait. To get back in 2021, after I had to redshirt last year because of 2020, I opted out for my season ticket. So super excited about 2021 season. Nice. Well, we are super excited to have you. I mean, so to be completely honest, living in Florida, born and raised in Florida, we don't know a lot of Clemson fans. We actually, so we've been we've been planning out this preview series for a while, and we were, we're obviously going to do the Big Three in the state of Florida, and we were like, okay, we want to do some other perennial powers, right? Some current quote unquote blue blood programs, and we're like. We know a lot of Clemson people, and, and surprisingly, we don't know a ton. So, and then obviously, you know, it's very hard to come by somebody who knows the program really, really well. So, you know, we said that we don't want to bring analysts, we don't want to bring on beat writers, we want to bring on actual fans, but not just any fan. We want to bring on legit fans. And Joey, you fit the bill up and down, man. You check all the boxes. So, we are super excited to have you. Uh, not as excited to talk about Clemson because we're all a little bit salty being ACC foes, but. We are very, very happy to have you on with us. So I'm just going to open it up, man. Um, I think the there's one storyline that is uh, bigger than all the others, seemingly here in this offseason for Clemson. Uh, there's a changing at the most important position on the field. Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence says, Sunshine. thank God, finally going to the pros. I think we are all excited about that. Is um, it thank God, though? They got the kid DJ <laughs> whatever his name is. 
So, so Joey, DJ Uyagalale. I'm not gonna try it. So, so don't try it. I, it. I was practicing before he even came on board. You know, when we knew he was coming, we knew I was gonna need two years just to be able to say his name. So that's the only reason I got it down. Does he have a nickname? <laughs> DJ. DJ. Yeah, DJ. <laughs> his name. <laughs> so from the outside looking in, right, we are all saying at at worst he would be as good as Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, everybody else is hoping that he is not as good. From the Clemson faithful, what are you guys thinking his ceiling will be, and what are you expecting from DJ now being the guy? Yeah, you know, I think in any other scenario, I'd be super worried, but he really stepped up when Trevor went out with COVID last year. You know, I can't even remember the first game he played. It was, it might have been Syracuse or somebody, but then Notre Dame, we lost that game, but we lost with basically that last minute touchdown and then going into overtime and all that. I mean, he, that was huge stage, huge, huge stage in South Bend stepped up. I can't had 400 something passing yards. It's something absurd. I'm not a stats guy. I don't memorize this stuff like a lot of people. So don't be emailing Omar if I, if I didn't get that right, but he really, really stepped up. Now he's not Trevor Lawrence. You know, think about Trevor Lawrence came in and just dominated his freshman year and dominated Alabama in the national championship game. You know, when you watched him play, it was something different. DJ's still the type of guy who has to develop a little bit. So it's really going to be curious, especially going into the season with opening at Georgia in Charlotte in a neutral field. You know, so that's going to be super interesting playing in a full stadium. You know, he's never really done that either. So it's a completely different ballgame. So I think there's still a lot of unknown, but we got great quarterback coaches. Dabo Sweeney is obviously great at developing these guys. But you've got to look at the last two quarterbacks that came in as freshmen, Deshaun and Trevor, just killed it. You know, so he's got a lot to live up to. Like, talk about pressure. You know, so we'll kind of see his maturity really quickly in this game. Yeah, I mean, how do you expect the guy to, to follow that up, right? I mean, you're talking about you're comparing him to Deshaun yeah. Watson and you're comparing to Trevor Lawrence. Um, it, 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 that's very hard to follow that up, but obviously the big thing for him will be the surrounding talent. I think uh, that's the other yeah. thing that everybody has to keep in mind while he may be new. And to your point, right, he, he is being broken in in a couple different ways. Uh, but also to your point, I mean, he's shown he can perform, right? So in that Notre Dame game, which is the one everybody goes back to, that's the film everybody's watching on DJ. He, he only throws for 439 yards, two touchdowns. That's it. Yeah. Only oh, I got it right. Very pedestrian. Right. Yeah. Pedestrian, right. Yeah. On the road, right? <laughs> on the road at Notre Dame, double overtime to a team uh, who was number four in the country at the time and undefeated Notre Dame. So, I mean, we, we like to hope. He won't be as good as Trevor Lawrence, but to your point, he maybe he'll just be different. Uh, but it's seemingly he will be uh, as successful or somewhere close to it. Seems to be. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah, it, it'll be his legs, you, you know, because he doesn't have the legs of obviously Deshaun Watson. Nobody does, and Trevor Lawrence just had eight foot long legs, so he could cover a lot of field, and that's not going to be DJ. So I think the backfield is going to be my biggest question mark. I think going in more than DJ, you know, I think a lot of people always are looking at the quarterback, but. You got to look at who he may be handing the ball off to and who's going to be blocking for him to give him that split second more that he may need to get the ball out. That's what I was going to allude to. Who's going to replace Travis Etienne? I know you got Will Shipley coming in. Uh, he, he was the number one running back in the country coming out of high school. Um, and also, Etienne presented a lot of things as far as the passing game. Like, that's a big mm-hmm. chunk of your offense that's going away. Who's that guy that's going to come in and step in? 
Yeah, and that's a good question. Um, you know, we had Chesma Lucy who went to the transfer portals, who I thought was going to be a big guy to step up. We really need Lindsay Dixon to step up. I think he's going to have to be the guy to do that. Um, you know, his experience is going to be key there, you know, coming through the program alongside Travis Etienne. And there was a lot of rumor that he was going to transfer before last year. You know, and I think the fact that he stuck around says a lot to probably what he wants to do, his character and everything. Because I'm very anti-transfer portal personally. I don't know if we want to get into that, but I think he's got to be the guy, you know, it'll be, it will be interesting. Will Shipley, what he does. Uh, he looked great in the spring game, but a spring game is a spring game. It doesn't mean anything to me, you know. Um, so we're going to see. I, I really hope Lin is going to be the guy, but we got a full backfield. I, I, it could change. It could change halftime at Georgia. I really don't know. A lot of questions. So you're thinking for now running back by committee until you actually find a guy that's willing to lead the pack? Yeah, I think that's what it is because, you know, w- once Travis got in the huddle, not that we huddled very often, I mean, all eyes are on him, you know, and not just from a fan standpoint, seeing when he was going to break it, but in that huddle, they were looking at Trevor and Travis, 100%. So it's it's funny, uh, you know, as we, we, we question the running back room, I, I, I happened to find a stat on Lynn J. Dixon. Apparently, he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry, which is only second in Clemson history, nice. yards per carry, right? And he's second to Travis Etienne, of course. But it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, we're a little wondering what the running back room is going to be. Oh, by the way, the guy is just averaging the second best yards per carry in program history. It's a different ballgame when the pressure's on you. There's no pressure on you as the backup. Everybody's, like you said, everybody's looking at ETM. What what are you going to do? Are you going to break one? Kind of like how we looked at Dalvin. Is Dalvin going to save us this game? You know, Mm -hmm. not saying they needed that much saving. They were blowing teams out all the time, but it's a lot more pressure as a backup trying to step into a starting role. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you with Dalvin Cook, I was so excited when he left. I mean, he, <laughs> that's how we, we could, feel. <laughs> we could, we, yeah. I know. <laughs> we could not stop him. I mean, I think we only beat y'all once when Dalvin Cook was on the team. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Year. Last year. Hurt. There's a lot of hurt in that game. It was a great uh, game too. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. So, so I know there's a lot of turnover on offense, big names. Like you're talking about the running back position. Are you about to switch the quarterback position? I am going to switch Okay, can defense. we can we round our offense first? Oh, my, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, all right. Defense we, is always my thing. You know, I, I always just, talk about a receiver. Right, all right. We got <laughs> to talk, right, talk about the receiver. Yeah, you got to talk about the receivers. All I was about to say is like, Ross is coming back. Well, the only re- well, a couple of <laughs> reasons. So, right, you got to talk about the receiver room because I, I think uh, in recent years, Clemson has entered themselves into the conversation of wide receiver you. And I think we maybe we overuse those type of monikers, but they've entered themselves in that conversation. And you lose your leading, actually your top two leading receivers in Travis Etienne, and you also lose Amari Rogers. But you just so happen to be getting a guy named Justin Ross to come back. I think we all know what Justin Ross is when he's healthy, right? He's freak. uber, uber productive, super freak athlete. Freak. My question, though, in that receiver room is who can step up and be that number two guy? Like, Who are you guys looking to say, okay, if teams want to try and double uh, Justin Ross, who's going to be that other guy to be able to make plays and get separation? Yeah, I'm going to rub this in. I'm going to say Frank Ladson Jr. coming oh, from Miami. Come, oh, come um, on. <laughs> really? He's one of these guys. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say Will Sweeney because we know that he's not going to come out <laughs> of the, uh, the kicking backfield or anything like that. Uh, but you've got, I mean, he, him and, and Joseph and are two guys that 
I think we thought were going to be your, you know, your, your Justin Ross and everything, but there's just so many hands and so many targets out there. I don't know if they had the opportunity to shine yet. So I think Frank Plotson is just going to have a huge season. Everybody knows Justin Ross is going to be the number one go-to, which means someone's going to be open. They're going to double team him because Justin Ross, it can be a bad pass and he's going to fight to win it. You know, and he is going to be double team all season. I don't think he's going to have huge numbers for that exact reason. Uh, he's got something to prove coming back from a neck injury where he, there was some speculation he wouldn't even ever play football again. Yeah. You know, so he wants to have a freak of a season, which is going to, I think, open the door for other people to step up even more. Who's the Hunter Renfro of this offense? There's always one guy that just runs an out route or in route. That's it. Nothing else. Out, out of the slot? Yeah. Just so out or in. And it's always okay. There's there is no other, and there never will be another true Hunter Rimpro. Hunter Rimpro gives guys (laughs) like me hopes and dreams that if maybe I had practiced hard and been dedicated, I could have played college and NFL football. There will never be another uh, Hunter Rimpro there. Um, But you know, last season it was Amari Rodgers. Yeah, you know, but he was so good at the long ball too because of his speed and everything. But he can get open in two seconds you know, and get that ball out and get that quick first down when you need to. So that's a good question. Um, a lot of people say Spectre is going to be, you know, that guy. I, I think we're going to be more of the throw it up and see what happens type of game this year. Because okay. we've got the height, we got the hands. And I think that now you know, we'll close it. We can close the offense thing out on this. I think the other thing that's a little bit underrated with Clemson is obviously the talents there, but you guys actually scheme really well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm unfortunately a diehard Hurricane fan. I went back and watched that game from this past season. Uh, I go back and watch every game, unfortunately. And like I said, I'm just a glutton for punishment. But the thing that's underrated about Clemson's offense is the scheming. It is not just my guy's better than your guy. It's I'm going to give my guy an advantage by scheming him open, and then his athletic ability, his talent, will then also just make the the ultimate difference. So I think that's a little thing about that's a little underrated, and maybe that will be more important this year than maybe in previous years. That's a good point. Yeah, but you know, kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. If you get too crazy with the new quarterback, it can lead you know into more problems. So we'll kind of see if there's a balance there too. You know, but you know, I think we got Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott, who knows them, that offense so freaking well. And he's worked with DJ all last year and probably well before that, like, let's get real, coming to camps and everything. Um, you know, he probably had a playbook in his hand pretty pretty soon on. So we're definitely going to see kind of like how that works out and everything. Okay. It feels like Dabble doesn't really put his guys in positions to fail either. No. So, I, yeah, really. I, yeah, I don't think that they're going to have too much of a problem with that, honestly. Okay. They'll figure it out. All right, well, go ahead and jump into that defense. Okay, we talk defense? Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Defense. I know, I'm right? I like, I like defense. Bears 85 over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get five. So, so we all know, like, the, the ending of the season for Clemson was terrible. They gave up, like, 85,000 yards. And even though, I mean, that Ohio State offense was pretty potent, it, that, was a, that was a thrashing what they took on defense. Um, coming back, you know, they got 10 starters coming back. I think that defensive line is returning four starters. And I remember that kind of dipped off for a minute, the defensive line. Um, do you feel that that's still going to be a strength coming in this year? Like, are they going to get back to where that Clemson defense was and what we expected them in the last few years? Yeah, you know, I don't think we're ever going to have something like we did in 2018 when you had, what, Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, and Dexter Lawrence. I mean, that was just unfair, sickening, unfair to, like, every other college football program. Like, when they came back, I was like, this is a joke. You know, like, this, is, this isn't this is real. 
I mean, it was just completely ridiculous. But, we, but I do think we're going to get back to where we were. You know, what was so interesting that Ohio State game is like, I don't know if it was a skill thing. It, we were just outplayed and outcoached. Yeah, they got beat on all three levels in that game. Of, God, it was awful. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. We came out firing, you know, went up two touchdowns, and then just imploded. And it was the most difficult thing to watch. So we got a lot of people back because of that, and a lot of angry guys, and a lot of guys who went to work quickly. And so I think it's going to be a step above of what we were last year. Hope I mean, I mean, well, the it, other, it, it, should, it should be the other thing to keep in mind about, especially that defensive front, right? Brian Brzee, true freshman. Uh, Miles Murphy, I think, was also true freshman, and I'm, I'm going off the top of the yep. head on this one. Uh, yep. Tyler Davis, in and out all season. Um, He's hurt, not yep. hurt, that whole thing. Um, I think the, the scarier thing, obviously, those guys will get better, right? You're talking about five-star talent that will now have a, a full year of development, weight room, playbook, experience all that good stuff. Brazil was the number one player in the country a year ago. And, and then you stack that with both of the linebackers came back. Skalski comes back. He's been he's, been, he's been there for 27 he's years. He's the Renfro of that defense. Like, dude, if you don't go somewhere. It's always one middle linebacker with a neck brace yes. with like 47 or. Dude, and he's a run. <laughs> Angry. Run. He's 31 years old. <laughs> Gotta be. I feel like he was there when I was in college. Yeah. So Him he, and Renfro fought in uh, World War II together. So, <laughs> be nice. It is. So, him and Spectre <laughs> come back, right? So, you, when you look at that front seven, so no, it, it may not be that Dexter Lawrence line that you talked about, but quite honestly, when you talk about talent, just just pure talent and future ability, I mean, it can't be too far off, right? No, it, and I think one thing that people forget about when it comes to defense is they always look at like one power defensive end who just like is doing his thing, running people over, spin moves, swim moves, whatever it is, like. What makes the defense even better is when that line, that front seven, is like actually working together and scheming yeah. together, and they know how each other operate, and that's what this defense is going to be more than it was last year. Yeah. You know, they're really going to be able to read each other real well. Yeah, I mean, which they, is exciting. Brent Venable, so, I mean, yeah. right. I mean, he hasn't gone anywhere. That, that was one of my. He, he just got a raise. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. All right, dude. Let's let's just ask it. Right, I, I was going to wait to ask it. Let's just ask it. Why won't this man go head coach somewhere, dude? Like everybody is, every team in the ACC is sick of this man. Dabble's got something on. Not, him. He's got dude, pictures. He's got pictures. <laughs> blackmail. Like he's got his family tied up in the basement, dude. Like there's like, why won't this man go be a head coach somewhere? Well, I, well, yeah, you got his son, who's on the team doing relatively well, you know, and Jake Venables. I think what's going to be a bigger question is what happens when he leaves. But is he a head coach? Like, have you ever watched the uh, Brent Venables interview? <laughs> no, I it's don't know. It's so boring. He's not a head coach. So you know, you think I think that, and he that? may. I hope so. I hope he stays for as long as, you know, Davo's around, which who knows how long that's going to be. Uh, yeah, I know. But like, well, cause here, but here's what it is like. Davo knows what he's not good at and he's not a good, like Nick Saban type of football coach. He's more of that CEO who's going to delegate everything and be the like locker room speech and that guy, you know, he knows he needs a Brent Venable. He knows he needs a Tony Elliott. He can't do what Saban does and just take that playbook from somebody's hand and say like, okay, I'm going to call the plays from now on. So, Whatever is keeping Brent here, I guarantee you Dabo has a lot to do with that. And maybe it is, you know, holding his kids hostage. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, being, doing it. being the highest paid coordinator doesn't hurt. 
right? Mm-hmm. He's, a, no. he's the highest paid coordinator in all of the land, so that doesn't hurt. It's a lot less keep pressure. Yeah, well, it's That's like Brent Venables. Is he the type of guy who has wants to conquer that next challenge, or is it just going to be money? You know, I think that's – I don't know if he's, which guy he is. You know, if it's just money, then, I mean, he's already making a ton. How much do you really need to make? I mean, I, I we'll see. You know, but you know he's getting phone calls all season long. South Carolina would have to – like, they would have to be willing to, like, name a building after that man to come be their head coach at this point. Like, considering they what his name – Like, like – I know, right? He, he, there's no way he could stay in state. I mean, honestly, I think Clemson fans just wouldn't have that. But you got to think, like, there are teams, especially SEC teams in that area, and even maybe some ACC teams who are like, they're throwing this man the bag. Like, name your price type stuff. I was yelling for the bag right. when we lost our coach. Let's go get Brent Venables. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, I Plays right in our conference. <laughs> I still feel like we're in that era, though, where coaches don't need to 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 do that anymore. It's like, like Brent is on that point and you can correct me if I'm wrong Joey like he might low-key be a second class second tier god in that in that that school like I mean it's Dabo him yeah it's Dabo and him that's so in like, the state so why not keep that going like th- again there's no reason for Nick Saban to ever go back to the NFL he's he's coach K no. yeah the football of college yeah. football right what's the point of me going to the to, to the NFL what's the point of Brett Venables going anywhere and tarnishing what he's already built at Clemson. Yeah. I think we're just, we're just so used to as a sports culture of guys trying to reach whatever the peak is and nobody and I think we're just not used to a guy who's comfortable saying mm, I don't need to be the guy. I think right? he, I think he's also learned from like a Lane Kiffin or Muschamp. They tried to go do it somewhere else and didn't turn out the way they expected it. And Lane always comes back to right. the money launderer. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I mean, somehow makes his way back. We're, you, we're just used to guys trying and I think that's just the weird thing. He's like, you know what? I don't need to try it. I'm cool and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. But, um, okay, I, I didn't want to, you know, belabor the the conversation about uh, Venables, but I'm like, we, we, you gotta talk about that. You have to. But, but as a Clemson fan, like, and not a an, an analyst, I'm like, I don't want to see the truth. Like, there's no way he's like. Let's just say, in theory, Dabo Sweeney has a lifetime contract, stays as long as you know a Bobby Bowden, whatever it is. Is Venables actually going to be around that long too? Like, no way in reality, right? Right. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But let's enjoy it while we can. That's what I, that's what I, I say. I wish he would go away. I, so <laughs> I know. I know. Your all-time – well, who's your all-time great Clemson player? Since you've been watching them, been around the team and everything, who's your all-time favorite player to watch? Can, can I just say the 2018 defensive line? Or right, give, <laughs> give me a Mount Rushmore. Give me five. Just, uh, well, I'll say, like, for me, it's, it's C.J. Spiller. I mean – Nice. Which is – I think that's the easy answer for, like, anybody to say, but one of the most exciting players to watch because yeah, he's similar to Travis Etienne, like, Whenever he got the ball, he was one tackle away, you know, or one spin move away from going 90 yards. Yeah. He had uh, how many, you know, punt and kickoff returns, well, returns for touchdown that Travis didn't have. You know, and also, as a Clemson fan, like, that was the beginning of we're like, okay, maybe we got something here. You know, they're going to watch right. CJ going nuts, having all these yards in the ACC championship. Like, yeah, we never win any, like, huge games when he was around but that was kind of the beginning of it too so that's when y'all turned for me yeah and especially like 
I remember, you know, James Davis, too. You had thunder and lightning. Like, yeah. that was a fun time as a Clemson fan because we had never had anything like that since the 80s. You know, not that I watched Clemson in the 80s, obviously, but, like, this was new. This was flashy. We're like, holy cow. People are talking about us. People were asking, where the heck is Clemson? Like, until 2015, nobody knew where Clemson was. So You, you, you know, people don't... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and CJ put. I think CJ was one of the ones to start putting us on the map a little bit. That's what I was going to say. CJ, he laid the foundation for the type of offense you're seeing now. Then came Sammy yeah. Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins, those kind of guys, and then it's it's yeah. just blown up at yeah. this point. I, I think I think for me, I remember. I think it was my junior year of college. We actually drove to Clemson. I think that was 2005. And I think to that point, I don't think Tommy Bowden had beaten his father yet. And we go to that game, and that's how I realized how annoyingly nice Clemson fans are, right? Like, we went into that game, and it's not like Florida State was that great. Like, we, it was like the Drew Weatherford era. And we went into that game, and we're up there in Death Valley. And I, I, I've always heard about how loud Death Valley can get. It's, it's as advertised. It gets loud and obnoxious in that stadium. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, and they got up like 14 nothing, and they just – Thrashed. Charlie Whitehurst threw for like 300 yards. Like, why is Charlie Whitehurst torching us right now? Right. And then we leave the stadium and everybody's like, hey, you know, that's a great game. Did you guys drive from Tallahassee? You want to come over to our, our barbecue? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you people? And they're like, yeah, come on. Cause I know you guys got a long ride home. Have a get a plate. No, I don't want your plate. What are we no, doing right no, now? I don't, I don't want your plate. I'm, I don't hitting, want the, your plate. I'm hitting the road right now. Right now. Like, <laughs> I'm not I, even stopping to get gas. I want out of this state. Yes. Yes, please. Kill <laughs> you uh, with kindness. No. Yeah. No, no. Like, again, like I, I said it before we started, like, I don't think I've ever actually met a rude Clemson fan. I mean, t- Twitter people are Twitter people and Twitter is a weird place. But in, fans either. in real life, I've never met a rude Clemson fan in real life. Nah, never one. No. You guys, I was, yeah, they're, they're the worst. So yeah, we got to get you, you out. Go to any go you go to a Tiger, you know, chat room or board or whatever they call them, you know, and I just sit there and go, oh, I don't want to claim these Clemson fans, you know, but they, <laughs> they've never been to a game in their life and they just sit on TigerNet trying to trash talk for no reason. Right. <laughs> All right, Joey. So we got to get you out here on this, man. Um, you know, we've set the standard. Actually, Unk set the standard on the show quite some time ago where uh, you call your shot, you, you get the at, and uh, if you're wrong, we will call you out, uh, particularly him, as he, as he grins. Uh, we, we know how to call people on this yes. new device we got now, so we'll call you. And so, so if you keeps, say undefeated every season, receipt in his pocket. Don't say undefeated season in the championship if you don't mean it. Okay, so <laughs> what, is, what is your season prediction? Uh, record, we're going to go record and uh, bowl game. What do you got? You know, I, I normally, like, don't do this stuff because I hate it. Because what I always, like, even though we're not betting, like, I'm, I never bet anything Clemson because it's an emotional bet. But I'm going to do it just to, like, you know, humor you guys because you're so nice and funny. I mean, sure, look, sure. At, look at our schedule. Look, look at the schedule. If, if you don't have it up right now, like, people <laughs> I, are giving us a hard time, as they should. We open up with Georgia, but besides that, like, because the ACC is so down and we don't have Miami, we don't have North Carolina, we don't have Notre Dame, whatever the heck they are this season, you right. know. Which I'm not going to rant I about mean, that tonight, but I, I have a Notre Dame football rant, but not tonight. 
Thanks. Okay. Well, invite me because I will rant about Notre Dame. And I went to a Catholic high school. I had tons of friends who went to Notre Dame. Let me know. I'll bring them on and I'll rip them a new one too, even though they're my best friends. But anyway. That sounds like a show. Like this guy. That is like trash talking Notre Dame is one show. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we've got Georgia in Charlotte opening up. A lot of question marks, obviously, with DJ coming in. Like, DJ is super talented. Should we win that game? Yeah, I think we should. Can we lose and can Georgia win? Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of talent coming back as well. But their quarterback play never really – I think they think they fit settled in, but I don't. Like, it still looks all over the place. As we get through that game, we're going to stumble from the sense of we're probably going to go to the fourth quarter with Pittsburgh again and, you know, have to come back. I see us going undefeated, um, you know – even if we lose to Georgia, let's just say that and win every game out, that game's early enough to where we still get in the playoffs. Yep. I re- yep. Assuming we win the ACC championship game that Notre Dame can't be in, you know, like <laughs> I, I see it's what, seven peating ACC championship, getting into the playoffs, which is what this year? I can't can't keep it straight. Like how many times you guys have been in the playoff? Yeah. Yep, you know, too many. And, no, we're, no, we're just, we lost count. Yeah, too many for yeah. me. You know, but I mean, I see an undefeated season. I see us getting in. I think obviously Alabama is going to be ridiculous. I think Oklahoma is going to be, you know, ridiculous again. Oklahoma was better than their record led on last year. Yes, they didn't get the attention they they normally would have. They had their weird losses against like Kansas State and stuff like that. But I agree with you absolutely. Yeah, like Notre or last season, like Oklahoma was like Clemson of 2015 and 16. Like, you're a lot better, but your record can't be South Carolina. You know, I mean, we should go undefeated. We should win the ACC championship. We should be in the playoffs. I don't want to play Oklahoma or Alabama. That's all I know. Okay. But we're going to have to at some point. Okay. And because and, you didn't you didn't say it, and I'm not going to try to force you to say it, but do you, do you feel like this is a national title caliber team? Ooh, you seem uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Up. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, dude. As a Clemson fan, 100%. As a college football fan, there's so much talent out there right now. You know, Alabama's Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people talk about how, like, you know, Davos Wien is a great coach, but, like, he's not Nick Saban yet by any means, you know. And I think Oklahoma's the team to beat this year. I really do. You know, they're, I think they're going to be stacked. We'll see, you know. Can we? Should we? Absolutely. That, that, that. There it is. Yeah, absolutely. I can see us going all the way, doing another undefeated season. Um, health is going to be the biggest thing because we lost our backup quarterback. If DJ goes down, no. Yeah, you're in, yeah, you're in, you're in big trouble if DJ goes down. We're okay. big trouble. Hey man, well, we appreciate you coming on, uh, spending some time with us, Joy. Uh, obviously, the insights were fantastic, man. Love to hear it from within the state walls of South Carolina, especially, you know, alumni, uh, you know, like I said, season ticket holder, the whole shebang, man. So uh, we will be getting back with you, man, after the season and kind of just seeing how things go. If you guys don't make the playoff, we will call you out on that. And um, last thing, man, if, if, if a Clemson fan hears this and they want to talk Clemson football with you, what is your social media that they can reach out to you and just talk some Clemson ball? Yeah, Instagram is is always good. I'm I'm always even though I'm not posting a ton outside of fishing pictures, you can look me up on that. Um, 
I gotta look up what my Instagram is. But yeah, or is that what we call it? Is that what we call it? Because I don't, I can't like shout out to LinkedIn. I think I spend more time on that right now. It's a good thing. I don't even know, I don't even know how to look it up. I think people actually use Hold LinkedIn on. as like a like a, a dating site nowadays. Um, there get Jay Callahan six eight five. Jay Callahan six eight five. That sounds like a generic computer generated name, but we'll take it. Okay. I'll change it up. No, no. Well, my profile right picture, down. I'm wearing an actual actual uh 2016 national championship ring, which is pretty cool. No, nice, oh, that is nice. pretty cool. Joey, man, appreciate you dropping in, spending some time with us, hanging out with us, talking Clemson Ball, man. Appreciate uh, you. Over a good season, man. We'll talk to you soon. Be cool. All right, appreciate you guys. See you in mid-January when we're talking about Clemson Championship. Let's <laughs> hope right. not. All right, man. Man, one one more time, man. Great, great interview with Joey. Uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's. that was late. Yeah, I know, right? I, I thought the I thought the audio thing was. I'm still getting used to new mixer. We got a new mixer. Gotta be quicker than that. Still you getting even, used to you didn't it. Even introduce the new mixer to the guests. No, I didn't. I didn't introduce new mixer to everybody. We got a new mixer. Still figuring it out. Bear with me, right? We don't have a technical director around these place, around these around this place. Regardless. Another one, t- well, like I say, shout out to Joey. Phenomenal interview. We've gone two for two so far with these college football play preview interviews. We've gone two for two, both phenomenal. Um, man. Well, three for three, really. Well, college preview series, two for two, but just interviews in general. We kind of been, we're on a little, a little yeah. run, right? I mean, we had Eric come on, Cam, we got Speedy today, we got Joey today, all just money interviews. I like. I can't disagree with that. I like where we're at right now. Okay. I got. I got nothing else. Got nothing. All right. Well, I mean, listen. Good. Episode thirty-one. There it is. There it is. There, there it is. Guaranteed. Who's the best coach in the city right now? Blackwell. And just history-wise, you could throw Coach Wright in there. Oh, like ever? Yeah. I shouldn't have said right now. Ever. Oh, you said right now. Ever. Oh, damn right. Damn Not right. Close. Not close. Blackwell behind him. Speedy. Oh, Speedy, who who you got? Who's the who's the you shaking oh, your head shaking over there? You, you, you not going you got something right? to say. You, you can't. De- you better uh, not go. I definitely think Schumann is better than Schumann. Than Dan Wright. Than Dan Wright. No, 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 no. Dan Wright is, is, is kind of the pioneer of, yeah. of okay. Penal's kind of basketball for sure, but Blackwell. You got you got Schumann. I got over Schumann Blackwell? Blackwell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna say it, but I got Schumann over Blackwell. That's bias. That's because you played for Schumann. Ten thousand percent. That's because you played for <laughs> but Schumann. But if I wasn't saying Schumann, I'd definitely say Larry Murphy. Actually, you know what? Larry Murphy's second. Give me, give me, give me Murph second. Okay. Yeah, what he's done with Gibbs over there. No talent. And like, just like a lot of good fits. Like sometimes, like the player may not be like the best guy, but like Murph puts him in positions to succeed. And he's right. like, I only need you to do this, right? And he can excel at doing that, and he don't ask him to do nothing else. Exactly. I'm with you. I. That's a that's a good I, pick. I, I don't know. We, I want to see what Blackwell do this year. Like he gets the most talent. I mean, he's been in the playoffs. What he's he's been there. He keeps and he keeps getting. There, I just think so. he. I, I I think he's right there. But I, you know, like as far as coaching, who's the worst? Who's the worst? Turn on Michael on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to go with Osceola or someone no, no. or somewhere like that. <laughs> St. Pete Lakewood Gibbsburg. <laughs> We're going no scores. Yeah, I'm turning my mic off. Episode 31. <laughs> As always, this is the Somebody Said Podcast. We appreciate y'all checking us out. 
The man in my left is always pump. Yes, sir. Man in my right is Unc Shay. Yep. Guest appearing today, Speedy. The man himself. Yes, sir. I go by Breeze. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>